Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is director Aaron Kashalis, and we're going to be talking about really this wonderful new movie that he has called South of Heaven that stars Jason, Jason Sudeikis, who is the man of the hour, and uh, Evangeline Lilly. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Nice to have you here. Hi, Jan. Thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I, I loved this movie. I really did. It was so different, and it's obviously a very different role for Jason. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, as I said, he is the man of the hour right now. He's uh, winning accolades uh, all over the place for Ted Lasso. But this role is uh, entirely different for him and against character. So, uh, And he's wonderful in it, absolutely wonderful in it. Tell me a little bit, well, let's tell the audience a little bit about the synopsis of this movie so they know what we're talking about. The little, the, you know, I don't want to tell a lot because it's a lot of twists and turns, but it will do it very short. It's about a guy... Uh, called Jimmy Ray, serves 12 years in prison, and he uh, wants to get out because uh, his fiance has one more year to live. She's diagnosed with lung cancer, and he wants to give her the best year of her life. And when he comes out with the best of his intentions, things are starting to go wrong for him. And I, I really don't want to me- spoil anything more no, by no. saying what's going to happen. No, we don't want to uh, ruin anything at all because there are lots of twists and turns in this film. And um, it's, as I said, a very different film. Uh, I I loved um, the whole concept of it. Let's talk about how you are also one of the writers on this film, as well as the director. Uh, And I thought the backstory of how this, um, how you decided to to create this as a screenplay, I thought was very interesting. So you want to tell our audience a little bit about where the idea germinated from uh, when you decided to write this? Yeah, well, it was during my honeymoon. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, like, how dark do you, you, you go once you're on a honeymoon, right? But, <laughs> really? Yeah, I was married at a ve- I was married at a very late age uh, of 37. She was 39. I was a secret admirer of her. She was a news uh, anchor lady. And I was 18. She was 20. She was already working on TV. And I was, you know, uh, you know, I said to my ha- my father, I'm going to marry her one day. Uh, of course, it was a joke. But 20 years later, I, I got to uh, I had the a premiere of Big Bad Wolves. So I invited her as a VIP guest to that show. And, and then the day later, I said, would you like to have some coffee? And we got engaged very fast after three months and got married after six months from the day we met wow. first met. Wow. And I I think that once you uh, lose 20 years of each other, like I didn't know her in her 20s or 25 or 28 or 32, you try to compensate for those 20 years that you didn't do stuff with her, right? You didn't watch the movies you loved with her. You weren't visiting the cities of the world you could visit with her. So we tried to do all very fast during our honeymoon. We went on a half a year honeymoon around the world amazing 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 and great yeah and during that uh great great uh honeymoon i said i wanted to write a movie about a guy who loses 12 years could have been with his fiance but then when he gets out she has only one year to live Mm -hmm. and that will be a movie that is obsessed with time and death and romance and you know with a guy who tries to compensate for everything he stole but 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 by not seeing the present and and one is in front of his eyes is losing even more mm. and that's how it came to be what well, I- 
amazing. Just truly, I love the story, <laughs> the whole story, your story about meeting your wife and knowing when you saw her that you wanted to marry her. I, I love that. Uh, and yeah, it, that's what's so interesting about this movie, because I have not seen a film quite like this before uh, with this kind of, um, and you're right, it's, it is about a race against time and, and then all the things that go on. It's such, um, and, and you're going to have to tell me who, some, Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter, wonderful, just wonderful. I love him. When people, now his name is not as familiar to me, but when you see him on the screen, you go, oh, yes, I've seen him in a number of different things. And even his, you know, nobody, what I loved about this, it didn't go into caricature. You know, everybody was real. And his character could have been, could have gone a couple of different ways. And yet there's humanity, you know, with him, even though he's not the nicest man man on the planet but there's a there's a humanity and that's what I loved about this film because there's a lot of humanity in the film uh, so you really are rooting for everyone actually in, in the movie so how did you cast how did you attract Jason Sudeikis because as I said this is a very not a role that he would you would ever think about him being in or playing this character so how did you attract him to this uh, wonderful wonderful script I I always like to cast again character. Uh, I did it in my first Israeli movies also. I, 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 one of the greatest comedians in Israel is like our local Steve Martin. I, I gave him the role of a ven- revenging, avenging grandfather who holds a blowtorch and that was a big thing here in Israel. So when I think about what I can do I always think about the less obvious choices, right? Because when you make an action film the, the first name on the list will be the Jerry Butlers and Jason Statham's of the world or the Keanu Reeves which, you know, you could have them in the movie and it would be a great movie. Mm-hmm. But I always feel that you'll get a similar thing out of all of them because that's they know how to do it almost automatically right. from their sleep. But when you t- cast somebody against character, there's magic to it and something surprising could happen. And when you cast a comedian, usually, you get something even greater because comedians know, are known for the best timing as actors. And they also, all, almost all of them, have sadness within them right. that makes them funny. Uh, and I know that for myself. I like to write a lot of comedy, uh, but I, I have sadness. In, you know, re- even if I'm happy, like I, I know sadness, and I and I tap into those darker places in me when I write. And with Jason, I saw there is like a down to earth quality to him, and that was before I saw Ted Lasso. There's down to earth quality to him. He is like this every man's. Uh, man and everybody loves him and I knew that my you know my protagonist will have to go through this uh, emotional roller coaster and, and do violence things at times and very brutal things even by the end of the movie and I didn't want the, the viewer to lose touch with him or empathy towards him and that's how I thought I should cast a, a, a guy like Jason Sudeikis, an actor like Jason Sudeikis into this movie. The other reason was I watched a, an indie film called Colossal with him and Anne Hathaway. Oh, yes. And, he, yes. and that's a great film. And mm-hmm. he plays, you could see that he's starting to look for those darker moments in, in you know, in, in characters. But then, he, you know, I, I haven't seen him do something like Colossal again. So we sent the script to Jason and he was looking at the same time for scripts that will enable him to broaden, I guess, is you know, is 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 tremendous uh, dramatic chops, and, and 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 it was lucky because it was just before he went to, to make 
uh, Ted Lasso. He was looking for something different and crazy, and and you know, in the indie scene. And I and and, and that script got to him, and we met, and he, you know, had great conversation, great meetings, loved the script, and we we went on a ride. And by the time you know, I finished the movie, he became you know America's sweetheart. You know, he's Ted Lasso now. And I think when you see this movie now, when you have Ted Lasso persona in your mind it's even sadder and more gut-wrenching yes. and more and crazier so good timing i guess oh, perfect timing i mean it is it's just a it's an amazing juxtaposition to uh to ted lasso which i just love that show like everybody else um we all love that love ted lasso um and you know so i'm i i take it that you filmed this before the pandemic then I, I finished. You finished the shooting. I finished the shooting, uh, filming of the film uh, a couple of days before closed the lockdown began. I landed to edit the movie in New York a day before the total lockdown of New York area, oh and I goodness. stayed. I needed to stay there for the entire editing process with my wife luckily because I wouldn't survive it without her uh. but she came on the day she came on she came one day after me on the day they locked it down and that's it no traveling no moving no you know amazing and then there you were both of you together during the lockdown and all and what you needed to do is edit the film which you need to be kind of locked down to do that so it was kind of perfect timing yeah. <laughs> god was watching over this film aaron <laughs> he was it, guiding the it behind of, the behind of, yeah the behind the scene of this movie is is crazy like all movies that was created were created during covid because i edited in my i was sitting in my living room with a big tv and my editor was sitting in in a in a different apartment with his, uh, you know, editing uh, computer, and we were talking. I had headphones, and I was like, you know, we're talking and editing right now together. And it's, I was like, the first week I was like, that's not gonna work. It's crazy how people can, but then you know, you you, you get it. You know, it could happen, and it was a, a really. Quite a quite a ride. Like another movie could be done on the movies that were made during COVID, like a horror movie. I think so. I think I think we'll have a I think we'll have a bunch of COVID movies that we'll be seeing. That well, I think some of them are already starting to come out a little bit. But yeah, films that you know were were created during COVID. But um, has that changed the way you would edit in the future? Because I know a lot of these things that we all went through during COVID. Um, some of them have resulted in positive changes in in, in how we do things. Will this change how you edit in the future going forward or anything about uh, making the film at all that you might change going forward? You know, I love human beings and I love people, so it's hard for me not to be in the same space. You see it in the way I write. I, li- I like people. I-, I-, I like talking with people and knowing people. It's one of my, you know, favorite pastimes. But I, I will say that about editing and everything you do during COVID. It sharpens uh the the shifts like you you become more focused because you're all the small talks are gone right because when you work in the same room with a guy who edits your movie half of it will be talking bullshit right talking you know <laughs> you just talk about everything like you know women women relationships everything and then you edit for like two hours or three hours and then you eat for another hour you know that's how you work right but wh- once you do it with headphones and you don't want those headphones to be a long time on your head your your shifts become so precise that you do in three hours you do 
more than you will do in an eight hours shift with the editor when you're sitting with him in the room and just, you know, talking and, and, and you know, gossiping <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I have to say I would not change it in the world, the human experience, but I, I can say it could be done. And sometimes there are advantages of being concentrated on just the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really want the world to go back to what it was and to people to be able to hug each other and just be together with this, in the same room. Right, I think right. there's no nothing that can replace that feeling. I know. I think we all missed hugging. I think that was the one thing that came out for everyone was like, I miss hugging people. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, I do. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm a hugger. <laughs> I'm a hugger too. I'd rather hug than shake hands. So I didn't like to shake hands before COVID. So now I have a good excuse not to. I'd rather hug. I don't know. It's just one of those things. So where did you film this? Where where did where was this uh, movie made? Uh, in, te- in Texas, in, uh, Texas. in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and the surrounding of Dallas. I, I, we went to Ennis and Glen Rose and a lot of places that we needed to drive an hour, sometimes an hour and a half from Dallas to get to. Uh, yeah, but you know. It's a Texas story. It's a Texan story. It's a Texan tale. So it was perfect going there and, you know, seeing real stuff and looking for Chevy. You know, because most of the bowling, I, I didn't know that because we were looking like, like, for example, for a good bowling alley that would look a little bit shabby and, out, and, and outdated. But everything today is so beautiful. Everything is like hipster bowling alleys throughout <laughs> Texas even. So we, we took us time to find those uh, the, that bowling alley in Annis that will look something that is a little bit wrecked down and shabby that gives you a real feeling to it. it yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that. That's interesting. That's interesting. So what was it like directing uh, Jason? <laughs> it's crazy. It was great. Uh, his... his in this movie, I have to say, when we started working on shooting it, he came to me and he said, "Look, I, I'm not. I, I want to be different in this movie. I want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to be the clown. I'm not going to be the prankster. I'm not going to be the guy. Uh, I need to go all the way, Jimmy Ray, in this movie. So I'm not saying he tried to met, to do method acting, but he did want to be uh, walking in this, you know, in the boots of Jimmy Ray." interesting to see how when he, we talked about the comedy that we have in this film he said i don't want to do broad comedy and i don't want to work in this film with a wink in my eye like I we're having some trouble eyes. with your sound aaron your your sound um something's yeah. going on with can your you sound. hear me yeah we can hear you um yeah, some audio problem here, but anyhow, we'll try. It's a yeah. I don't know what it. What they're. It's. I'm getting a notice about it, but anyhow, keep keep talking. It was getting um, warbly, but keep talking. So okay, so 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 Jason said he didn't want it to come. He didn't want the comedy to do broad comedy, and he didn't want to be like uh, playing the role with a wink in the eye, so people will know he's in on the joke. So it was like it was a, 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 a he knew a conscious decision to help have him do everything dramatically, and the only person that will be laughing will be the audience. So everything was directed as if it's over, the, you know, it goes over the heads of the characters, above the heads of the characters. They they're not in on the jokes, and it was it was a blessing to have Jason because he has such a great the way he and Evangeline. Uh, are almost look as a natural couple in this movie, and I think that was the blessing uh, every director look for when he when he works on a movie with a romantic theme that his starring his leading stars will try 
exactly they look like they're falling in love with each other again in, in, on the screen. Uh, Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly, she, she's un- unrecognizable in this film. Let's talk a little bit about that since you brought it up about their chemistry because they do have great chemistry in this. Uh, because she, she is, she's wonderful in this and they are great together. So talk a little bit about, um, her casting, how you ca- ended up casting her in this role and how she transformed herself, uh, in this movie because she, as I said, she's unrecognizable a little bit. Yeah. Evangeline is one of my, favorite, you know, uh, female stars. I love her in The Hobbit, The Lost. You know, everybody, you know, when when watching Lost, I don't think there was a person that didn't fell in love with Evangeline Lilly. And I think ever since that that day, I wanted to, you know, if you tell me I would be able to work with Evangeline Lilly, I would say, sure, yeah. But I did see something in her and she sees it in herself too, that she has more that you see on screen you usually see on screen because she always you know plays the tough girl like the tough cookie uh the girl that could stand there uh, or her own ground against every obstacle she's in ant man she's in not always a warrior princess but she said to me one once she read the script that her favorite movie is annie hall and the, and the reason her favorite movie is annie hall is because diane keaton gets to do a real feminine uh War, a, a, a true female character, like she sees female, a female character, because she said when work, and she told me that as a, as a male director. Usually, you male directors, you always see us as nurturing mothers or warrior princes, but but you you do not allow us to have all these personalities in the same movie. Mm. Usually, you want either that or that. And she said, women are more complicated than that. We have all sorts of personalities. We are nurturing, but we could get crazy. We are tough, but we want to cry when we want to cry. We want to laugh when we want to laugh. We want to be fragile when we want to be fragile. And you directors always want us to just do that one thing. And when I read the script, she told me, I saw that you really tapped into that multiple personality a female can have and the scene she loves most in the movie is the Beach Boys song on the bench when she sings with Jason Sudeikis and the line she said about dying makes you a little bit bipolar because she feels that as a woman as a female uh, entity she's she has that kind of energy that's her true energy as a person she's ups and downs she's smiling and crying sometimes at the same time and, and she said, this is me. This is how I would have portrayed myself in a movie. This is as close as you could get to how I feel as a female when I watch movies or even when I, you know, live with my family. And that's how we tapped into that character. We worked a lot on that character. We worked a lot of her on her, you know, the way we change her hair. And, and because we wanted her to represent the sun and the light in the movie. So I, I just wanted to blast her with that you know, total, you know, beautiful blonde hair that you never seen her before. And, and, yeah. and, we just, and we wanted her to be like a beacon of hope in a movie that doesn't have hope. Mm. And, and that's, that's what she portrays in this movie. How beautiful, beautiful. What a, what a wonderful description of her character and of her, too, as an actress. So beautiful. So, yeah, th- th- you obviously 
know how to write female characters. I'm sure it has a lot to do with your your marriage, perhaps. Uh, would you say? And working with and working and collaborating with a female actress and allowing her to tell you when you're writing a cheesy scene <laughs> and she asks you to be more sincere and more honest. Oh wow! And and that's what you do when you work on, uh, I feel, with a female character. Just ask for an input from your actress and she will give you a world that you would never imagined as a writer. I learned so much about writing women from Evangeline Lee in this movie and I, and I owe it to her. How wonderful. What a wonderful thing to say. I'm sure she appreciates that very, very much. Um, so you all have to show her this interview. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So, she knows how I feel. <laughs> that you love her. <laughs> she knows that. Yeah. What was the most difficult part of shoot of the shoot? How long? How many days did you shoot it? And what was the most difficult part? The most difficult part is trying to shoot a movie like that in twenty five days. Twenty five days, like less than I have in movies in I shot in Israel. Uh, so obviously, it's the, the tough thing to do and to manage during a twenty five days of shoot is working between those action scenes that rem- demands more than one day, like the cabin sequence in, in Mexico. It's something that you need to have like four days to, in order to, to have all so many shots and compensating with the acting scenes. Like, and then you need to sometimes, you know, shoot 12 page of dialogue in one day. So that's the balancing act uh, a director has to have and the most challenging thing to do as a filmmaker in the indie movie that has all action and you know drama the same movie did you yeah, have so did you have any difficulties yeah. um anything in uh filming it in texas did you have any any issues with that at all was weather wise or were you there doing it you know any of the bad weather that has taken place in texas unfortunately yeah because we were supposed to shoot it in la a couple of weeks before we we decided to move the, the production to, to texas because uh, I think budget-wise, it was smarter to do it in Texas, and also the movie takes place in Texas. So we we moved it from L.A. to Texas. Now, L.A. is, is like constant sunshine, right? So your costume design is it's going to be a sweaty Texas noir. There's going to be sun all the time and blue skies, right? And then I got, to, and I called the producer, are you sure we're going to have the same weather in Dallas, uh, you know, that we're going to have? In a- yes, sure, sure, no problem. We have the same weather here. And then, you know, I, I came to Texas. It was December. It was cold. So we were like in coats. I needed to change the entire costume design in order to match it into a, a wintry, uh, you know, Texas town. So Evangeline won't freeze up with those skirts and uh, not dresses that we made her for the summer shoot. And and I needed to, you know, refigure the, the compositions and, and the way the skies are going to be gray and not um, uh, blue. But then I thought it's the perfect weather for this kind of movie. Exactly. Because this is a movie about dying. And for me, autumn and winter represent dying better than summer. So it's, you know, sometimes magic happens when spontaneous things happen. Oh, yes, you're right. You're totally right. I, you know, I was thinking that when you were saying, I was thinking, well, that's actually perfect for this film, you know, to have it be those gray skies. And you can see that they were cold in some of those scenes (laughs) that they had to do. So tell, tell everyone where we can uh, see this movie. It's a wonderful movie and I do recommend it. South of Heaven. Uh, where 
where can people find this movie so we can all watch it? So the movie comes out uh, on October 8th to VOD and the- theaters in a limited release. And it's also going to be uh, in, uh, in uh, world premiering in Beyond Fest on the 2nd of October. Everybody in L.A. is invited to the first screening of the movie. I'll be there introducing the movie. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Aaron, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And and it is, it's a lovely movie. And I'm looking forward to seeing whatever you do next and having you back on the show. Pleasure talking to you. You too. And talk soon. Thank you. If you have missed any of the Jam Price shows all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where all the shows are archived, or you can go wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. We are on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple, Google Play, iTunes. Please go to our iTunes channel and subscribe. Uh, we're everywhere. Also, you can follow us at The Jam Price Show on Twitter and uh, Instagram. So thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.